You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, welcome to another edition of 2020. And um, I'm once again doing the intro because Ben 2020 would be into doing it. Did I I ever tell you that hay is for horses and cows? (laughs) And it continues. And it continues. continues, But we're not talking to horses or cows. We're talking to a guy who's as strong as a horse. Because this guy, (laughs) I I don't even want to call him a guy. I want to call him a Jedi motherfucker. Yeah, just like so much energy and like super motivating and organized. I'm just like, oh my, like everything is a perfect soundbite. It's incredible. And that guy is? Paulie Calafiore. You've probably seen him on Big Brother. You've probably seen him on X on the Beach. You've probably seen him on MTV's Everything, The Challenge. Like, I I don't know. They've interviewed him forever. He's Paulie. I got to tell you, I'm ashamed of myself after this interview. And I'll (laughs) tell you why. Because I sold this guy short. Because, I mean, we're Scorpy bros, so, like, there's no reason why I shouldn't have thought that he was better. Because I talked to him and for what, an hour. And what does that mean, Ben? Well, we both have very similar birthdays, so we're Scorpy okay. bros. Right. Um, we're Novembers. Yeah, but but that said, like, I, I mean, look, I knew Paulie was smart. And I know that he's very physical and athletically um, inclined. Because if, you, if you're friends with him, or, excuse me, following him, I follow him, I'm a stalker, uh, on Instagram, you could see that the chiseled abs and the arms don't just come from human growth hormone. He actually made that happen himself. But it's because, as if you watch this episode, he writes it all down. He is a giant nugget of introspection. He's deep. He's philosophical. He pushes through the mental barrier before the physical barrier. And I'd like to think that I'm being sarcastic and metaphoric, but he, I'm not. He literally does that. And if you listen to this, like I, I, at first I wanted to give up. But then after listening to him, I realized that I'm a victim. And now I'm going to go kill myself. On behalf of Polly Califiore. And by killing oh myself, my I myself in a, in a good way, I assume. In a good way. Three push-ups instead of one. Right. <laughs> we stay positive on this show. No, but this was like such an impressive interview. Myself. And I, I, don't mean I feel like we definitely Epstein dug style. really deep. Ben, you keep interrupting my <laughs> <laughs> I like it. this episode. Siobhan did a great job of keeping Ben in check. So that's, oh, that was I, fun. I yeah. tried, but it was so amusing to me because Ben is sitting here like avidly taking notes. It's like all of a sudden he looks down and I see a pencil and paper. I'm like, oh my gosh, Ben is actually taking notes at what he's saying. But honestly, so did much you ever amazing see Van information. Wilder? He walks around, he says all this genius shit, and he has the dude from Harold and yeah. Kumar. He goes, write that down. So I, I write that, that down. I think that uh, anyone watching or, or listening to this episode is going to want to take notes for sure. Yeah, no, we got a lot of information that I feel like you just wouldn't. I mean, we really got to know him. I felt like we really got to have some deep conversation that you wouldn't find on MTV or any of the other shows. Well, you mentioned it, MTV, and there's like there's no music in MTV. But like, (laughs) if if in a world of MTV not doing anything, be Polly, Polly Califiore. This 
is Benny Goodman, and you're here at 2020, and you're probably wondering why I'm talking quietly. Well, I, too, like Polly, our guest this week. Except this is a normal volume for everyone else in the world, except for you. Well, I'm scared of Cara Maria. And (laughs) unbeknownst to me, Polly, who's our guest, Polly Calafiore, here's Polly. We're going to get into that. Um, He's dating the lovely Cara Maria, but Cara Maria is not lovely when she's reading... And in the other room, and you're trying to do a podcast. When, she, when yeah. she's not reading in another room. I mean, we got five rooms in this house. <laughs> so there isn't just so, one other room. There are multiple. Yeah. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she just chooses to read the book right on the top of the steps. She could go into a room. <laughs> Have you met women? <laughs> See, with me, it's I the opposite. I can't go in any of the rooms because they're right by where you're doing the reading. Tell Cara she's making our show so much better right now. Like, we really appreciate that. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is at the producers. Like, people go, is it real on MTV? Is it real? When you are, when you are done this reading, is real. you are fucking getting it. All right? So the whips are this coming out. The chains are coming out. Your ass is getting tied up and punished. Believe that. I got to tell you, so I'd be scared. <laughs> how's, that, how's that for Alvina? Just so you know, though, the female lioness is the one that kills. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, then I guess I'm the lion and lioness in this relationship. <laughs> there you go. It's 2020. So ladies, that's allowed. So, ladies and gentlemen, since it's we allowed, got 2020 by a guest that's not even on our show, though we love Cara Maria Sorbello. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Polly Calafiore. Hey. <laughs> Woo, and of cheers. course, as usual, Siobhan Cronin and Corey hey. Peza, Yo. who's not just a bass player. He's been getting mad at me for the bass centric yeah, talk. You know, that's kind of discrimination. You know, there's a lot of bases out there. Unbelievable. How dare you? I don't like drummers either if it makes you feel better. <laughs> but he's not just a bass player. That's the point. He has a million other things he does. Well, that's what every bass player says. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's not yeah. always true. <laughs> so, yes. Paul, since we talked to you last, I see you on my Instagram. Like, you're, like, killing people in the morning, getting them in shape. You're on MTV. I'm watching reruns of Big Brother, and you're, like, hitting on chicks, and, like, they're loving you, and then you're like, bye! And then, like, you're on... <laughs> I, by the way... I watched X on the Beach, which is one of my favorite shows in history. I, like I said on a previous podcast that we haven't aired yet, that I actually stole cable to watch the show. And I'm like trying to remember you. And then all of a sudden, last night, I'm Googling you because that's what I do. In my, I'm, I know I'm in my bed by myself Googling Polly Calafiore. <laughs> and your, your mug comes up and I realize you're a different type of hot without a beard. And your hair different. <laughs> You're like a different. You're like you're like Zach Morris versus like Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. You've put some yeah, dude. In this. I, like I, I, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't be that way every year. You know, I gotta like give people a break. Gotta right. grow the hair out. Gotta grow the beard. Yeah. You know, if I was like that mode all the time, it's dangerous. Yeah, like, right. You know, people could get pregnant without me even being in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so. so, anyways. <laughs> So, oh my God. Polly, you uh, you have a website, Awake the Lion. Awake the Lion. Awake the AwakeTheLion.com. AwakeTheLion.com. Since since we spoke the first time, I've been following you. You're uh, you're crushing it, man. It's like it's like constant content, and it's stuff that makes me tired just to watch it. <laughs> that's why. That's why. Also, but when you threaten Car Maria off camera to do things, like I believe you because I watch I watch your lion <laughs> shit, okay, and you're roaring at me at like three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, Polly, I don't have the energy for this ever. And you, and then I see all the people you're working with and they're all beautiful. They're all in shape. Is that what it takes? Is you, are you the common thread for good looking people on MTV? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to put that kind of load on me. You know what I mean? That's I what mean, she said. It, it is exactly what she said. I, I was waiting for somebody to slam dunk that. I threw it out there as a layup. Um, <clears throat> We're Scorpy bros. We know better. We're Scorpy dude, bros. It. It was your, by I the knew, way, happy late birthday. 
thanks man happy birthday to you too <laughs> um yeah i don't know i'm just trying to change the landscape of um of what it means to be like on reality tv i feel like these people they go on reality tv they don't really set forth a plan uh when they get there and uh you know if i'm being honest the reasons are because uh they are uh chasing fame um and they don't realize that um eventually everybody's time runs out uh <clears throat> and it's better to be prepared for that moment um and to be able to do things to launch and to capitalize while you have that moment uh life is all about seizing opportunities um you know so if what i do can inspire other people to uh do it themselves great if they need help they can come to me great uh but ultimately you know i'm here to help uh good people you know and uh and that's it there's a huge parallel between that and the music world like a lot of us know is some people will get like a big gig let's say and they just get settled and totally satisfied They're like yeah this is gonna last forever and then like one day it doesn't and then it's over and you're just like now what you know so you definitely have to take that time to like yeah, craft your journey. You have to t like constantly be in control of like developing what's next. I keep telling my 15 year old, uh, my, my girl, uh, my fiance has <laughs> a, um, I got engaged guys. Uh, my fiance has Woo! a 15 year old. Cheers. And I keep saying she, she hit 10,000 followers on TikTok. And I'm like, that's great. But wow. just, just, just wake up one day and remember if they, they shut off your TikTok account, it's still going to be okay. Because can you imagine, like you're 15 years old and then people don't like your stuff and all of a sudden one day you can't like sign in. This is why there's so young suicide going ben, on. 15 years old, really? I've seen you panic because you didn't get enough likes Listen, on a picture. Or because I'm a 15 year old girl. That's where my, that's exactly my head. That's why I get along with Haley so well. We are so much, we're like, I like ice cream. I like Harry Potter. I like van shoes. We're the same. So yeah, you scale that up and you kind of get what Paulie has been uh, dealing with and talking about. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so it's so interesting for me to see um so many uh humans where their only goal is uh you know to to be like youtube famous or instagram famous or tiktok famous um you know getting on tv is considering making it um you know and it and it's it just goes to show you that um you know, especially throughout this time i mean you look at like a lot of artists and a lot of celebrities um you could tell the ones who had a game plan and utilized and leveraged like when they had, you know, their moments and they put into certain things. And then you can tell the people who didn't, you know what I mean? Like success. If you, if you, if you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail basically. So you see all these people, it's like the music industry has been completely changed. Who knows when it's going to go back to normal? Um, you know, the movie industry, the show industry completely changed. Who knows when that's going to go back to normal? Um, and the same thing with everything else. I mean, uh, people who've worked very hard their whole lives are getting things taken away while, you know, like with, with their businesses going out of business, while these young kids are trying to get like 100,000 followers or 200,000 followers so that they could like, you know, hold some clout over their classmates in school only to realize like, that's not even what life is all about. Like if you get to a certain level in life, they don't give a fuck how many followers you have, you know? Right. So like you could have all the followers in the world. Like if, what, what does that mean in the real world? Yeah. And I was just going to say, I mean, achieving fame doesn't mean you achieved your, pur your purpose. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is you think, oh yeah, getting famous is my ultimate end goal, but then that's not necessarily enough to sustain you and to feel fulfilled. You know? Yeah. 
Do you think that that your success uh, in, in television and getting that fame has shaped that mindset, or was that something you had even before you got into television? After doing these shows with people who have been in it for ten plus years, um, that mindset does not come from reality TV at all. Like the, right. the these people um, think that they're celebrities; they think that they're famous. And they're not. Um, this comes from years of. Uh, I mean, I got. I got to thank my parents, but also, you know, uh, high level athletics. Um, it exposes who you really are, and ex- it exposes any excuses. You can't. You can't. You know, sit there and go back to your parents and be like, "Well, I didn't make the team because you know the players didn't like me." Um, you know, you didn't make the team because in the coach's eyes, you weren't good enough to make the team. You didn't. Right. You know, you didn't fit into whatever vision they had of their team. Um, so you have two options at that point. You either cry about it or you work hard and then you try again. Um, and you continue to go through that process. And like you, it's, it's all in your control, how much you outwork the other people trying to achieve the same goal as you put you in that realm, you know, whereas reality TV, it doesn't teach you that doesn't teach you those lessons, right? Life eventually teaches you those lessons, right? And a lot of these people, um, as you see it now, um, you know, there's, I, I see all these people who used to be on, who haven't been on in like, you know, five, 10 years, like now all of a sudden, because certain shows are becoming big now, it's like, oh, wait, now could be my moment where this could change my life. It's like, what were you doing when you were on uh, 10 years ago, when you were on every single season, every single show? You know what I mean? You didn't do anything. You you thought you were a rock star. You just went and you partied and you fucking did all this shit, which is nothing wrong with that. But then, um, you know, don't look back uh, on, on what's going on currently and be like, man, I want to try and relive opportunities that I missed out on. It's like... <clears throat> Those are few and far between once you get to a certain point. I totally understand why every girl on the island would go back to your room. I believe everything you say, Polly. I swear to God. Because you want to know what the awesome part is? is you are authentic. I, I was saying this yeah. before you came on the show. Like, I love this guy because he's 100% the real deal. Like, you're the guy up at 5 o'clock. I'm like, this wasn't just because the cameras are on. I'm this crazy. And that's what I love about you. And you have, like, this sage-like wisdom going into this. But And, and I understand, like, how you've been so good at these shows. But it's funny. You're like, you know, it's going to catch up with you. I know. I watch your shows. You're always running away from things. <laughs> maybe Kara this time because she's reading in the other room her, her book that she got a pre-copy of to her her fans and I understand I've watched she's great orator you know she's great great orator yes does great things with her mouth <laughs> great things oh my gosh oh my God. she'll have to come back on to, to defend herself Harker you Kara yeah. <laughs> so is this idea uh, Polly this idea of just like always working hard and having an idea of like your long term trajectory is that something that your parents taught you you mentioned that or is that something that you've kind of always had that drive or like where did that come from um I would say you know it's it's par- partially um how I was raised, but then the rest of it, it it has to be self-taught. The job of parents is to try and uh, set their kids up to be more successful than them. Um, And one day when I have kids, I'm hopefully in a position where I can do the same thing. Um, You know, but also I, it was was something very active for me. I was always constantly looking around, seeing, 
um, where I wanted to be, what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be. And I almost built this uh, thing inside of me where it became this, um, like it's instilled deep within my brain and deep within my soul that I have to be the best at whatever I do. And I have to be the best at, um, of, uh, of how I do it. So like, I can't, just naturally be uh, gifted at whatever it is. I have to be relatable to people who are trying uh, to also get to that point. How do they, how do you get from A uh, to B and then from B all the way to Z? When Benny says like he watches videos where I'm up at a certain time in the morning and I'm doing things and I'm doing that is because how am I supposed to convince people to do the fucking work that it takes to be great and it takes to be successful if I myself am not doing it. There's so much bullshit uh, out there of these fucking assholes that are great talkers. I could be a great, I'm a great, I'm a great talker. I could be a bullshitter. I could read a fucking success book and then just steal the lines word for word and read it and fucking convince a bunch of dumb motherfuckers to buy in. I mean, it's very easy, especially nowadays. There's a lot of dumb motherfuckers out there. There's a lot of dumb people. There are. And, Twenty twenty has brought out anything. It has brought right. out the dumb motherfucker. It's the year. It's, that, actually, I believe in the Chinese calendar. It's the year of the dumb motherfucker. I, I would agree. And the thing is, it's very easily to it's very easy to sway large groups of people. But how how do you convince people to actually want to do work the work? Because we also live in a culture right now, and the mindset right now is I don't want to do the work. I want everything fucking mm -hmm. handed to me. I don't want to do these things that are that are going to separate me from the rest. There's been a pandemic going on for an entire fucking year, and I've been working harder and making more money than I ever have because I want to mm -hmm. separate myself in the wealth gap from everybody else. And I want to separate myself in the success gap from everybody else. And if there's another lockdown, everybody might be complaining. Everybody might be crying. I'm gearing up to blow it through the roof even more then and turn things to the next level because eventually it's going to end. And right. the people who sat and cried and fucking complained and expected things to be handed to them, they're going to be 10 times worse off than the people who pivoted and fucking grinded and worked while everybody else slept. And, and that's it. And what's funny you say that because it reminds me of a story that Siobhan told on another podcast where she thought she was like pretty decent violinist when she was younger and then she w w went to Europe or Russia or something like that and you started playing and you're like, oh, I suck. Because here's the thing, in America, we give everyone there's trophies. There's more to the story than that, Yeah, I there's think. more than that. But the, the point is, is that in America, we give everyone trophies for participation. There is I no was just going to say that. It's like such a you're a winner mentality, you know, where parents are like, oh, you're the best, you know, whatever. Those people just don't understand you. And it's like, like there's no appreciation for like long-term work ethic and like having to really struggle to well, get to Well, one thing point. that you and I have in common with Anne-Marie and my mom, Andrea, is that they both told us how much we suck all the time. So we'd be good. <laughs> my dad never, ever came in and was like, good job his idea of a good job was not yelling at me for being terrible and you want to know what that totalitarian <laughs> fear is what made me disciplined and now when i see like everyone like oh they're gonna be upset if you take away their iphone for a minute i'm like i feel like the old man like i walked up the street both ways up the hill to get to school by myself and now like kids what do you think about this culture because i feel like you're the absolute opposite I, where you're the all-American guy, your cult, your your mindset is not to me an American mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it helps that my you know my family is Italian, so it's like we yes. have <clears throat> that understanding of relentlessness. Uh, yeah, Absolutely, my the, my dad's family is Italian. It's the same, yeah. 
but it's also like I've I have I have made it a point to culture myself, and and when people think of culture, it's like ooh, I traveled to this country and I enjoy myself. That's not fucking cultured. When I travel to other countries, I want to see how the locals are living. I want to see what it is. So like, yes, I'm Italian, but what I've taken so much from is like Brazilian culture um, because they're animals. Uh, in a good way, like the passion, what drives them, how they protect, um, you know, how they, how they work, everything. They're like, they're like what the Italians used to be. Um, back you mean in the day scary the and they'll Italians kill you and stab you in your sleep if you say <laughs> no, something wrong? No, but I understand because there's a lot of Brazilians in Miami and it's the intensity. And there's a really, yeah. The intensity and like I yeah. vibe with those people because those are my people because I'm very intense as you can tell. Mm -hmm. But like this whole participation trophy mindset, this whole telling everybody is great. I mean, it is not only fucking these kids up for life, but I, I don't know who I have less respect for the kids or their parents, because now also the cool thing to do is for parents to try and make their kids go viral on shit. So now you got these parents who failed at fucking life, right? Yeah. Trying to uh, vicariously live through their fucking children making them fucking viral and then fucking, you know, well, yeah, you, and, see, and like, you see these kids like, like, okay, like, you know, uh, some violinist who's playing, <laughs> who's four years old in Japan. And it's like, you know, that they were like clockwork orange into sitting there <laughs> learning how to play yo-yo um, ma or something like that from their parents from the second they were born, because that's the culture. I'm going to raise, you know, a show dog versus a child. Well, there's a there's a difference between instilling in your kids at a very young age, working hard in order to be great. There's another thing to be said about trying to make you know certain people seem like they're the next coming of whatever it is right like because i remember as an athlete growing up you know at a certain up until a certain age like there were kids who were fucking phenomenal they were the most skilled players they were the best in the state and then all of a sudden puberty hits and all of a sudden boys turn into men you get muscle you get faster you get all this shit and all those kids who didn't hit you know hit that growth it's like i can't imagine what they went through mentally being the greatest at one point and then becoming the worst at another point so it's like you see these kids uh, these parents they'll like post their kid like doing fucking tricks in a backyard or like you know these boxer fighter kids at like this little age like throwing these crazy fucking combos and you're like holy shit it's gonna be the next mayweather it's gonna be this and then they, you don't know how these kids are going to evolve and how their brain is going to evolve because to become great, it's not just about being programmed to be great. It's about being able to innovate and, and, and evolve with whatever it is you're doing. So like a soccer player, you could make the most technical soccer player in the world. It doesn't mean they're going to be the greatest soccer player in the world if they don't have a brain that can adapt and evolve to whatever's going on in a game. And that's where I feel like everything's getting lost. Yeah, super important point that there's like such a huge mental focus on on success, you know, like that, that what you have to be doing with your brain. And the same thing happens in music, too. It's like there's too much focus on the technical aspects. Like it's like athletics, you know, you're just practicing scales all day long, but you're not training your brain and, you know, how to, I don't know, like the mental side of it. It seems like you really put a lot of focus on that. Yeah, you, you have to put uh, focus on. I mean, I, I think music is a perfect example because I'll I watch you know, some, some of these artists and I'm just like, wow, with an instrument, they are phenomenal. I mean, and, but even look at the culture, right? American Idol, the voice and all this shit. It's like, you make these people uber famous for a season and then they're fucking gone. Mm -hmm. Nobody's. You know what I mean? Like a very small percentage of them. Well, here's the, he brings up a good point because here's, here's, here's something that I always tell people. They're like, why don't you go on the voice? Why don't you go on American <laughs> Idol? Because that's where good souls go to die. Because the worst thing that could ever happen is to get on one of those shows 
and win, and then nothing happens. Like, do you know who the the winner of the third season of American Idol? Was? I don't even know who the runner up was. All I know is that Adam Lambert, who didn't win, sings with Queen, and he's fucking awesome. <laughs> Besides that. The thing is, is that all it is is a bunch of regurgitated artists that aren't even making music that people care about now, talking to other people about how there could be good, as opposed to, if you really want to do music, it's like the same thing with sports. You wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and you go and you row on the water when it's fucking freezing, and you do it because you love it, and it's ingrained in your head. You don't do it because, like, I'm going to get the chicks, or I'm going to, you know, do anything other than win and be the best. And it's the same thing with music. It's not vindicating like that. So when you get on television, like American Idol or whatever, you get that instant fame. You're like, I've made it. And then when you don't make it, it's the end of the world for a lot of these people, whereas like Corey and I have been told we suck from every single gig from day <laughs> one, and it's never changed, and I think I'm awesome because, you know what, I built up a thick skin because I know better because there's never been a camera, and no one's ever even cared in the first place. Well, the point is that you keep working and they, going viral <laughs> or getting going. one hit of fame. Yeah, you just, you got to keep going. But, um, but Polly, to ask you a question, what are, like, when you're working with people, what are some of the things that you teach them or like tools like like the intellectual resources that you try to give to people to help them change their lives or to you know increase their performance or however you help people like what are some of the tools that you offer to them um i mean the the first hurdle that you have to <clears throat> the first hurdle that you have to get over with anybody who's uh coming to you um for a mental aspect of things i mean l every little thing plays into it so like diet uh, you know, exercise and all that. Yes, that's going to have great effects internally and mentally to you. It's going to put you in a better state of mind. But the biggest, biggest transition of, of things mentally that I've run into with all the clients that I, that I work with across the board is switching the mentality from a victim mentality to a dominant mentality, a success mentality. The victim mentality is, is, is crippling to the human mind, it's crippling to the human soul, it's crippling to society. Um, the victim mentality of like, instead of people trying to compete of who is the best and who has the best success story, everybody is now trying to compete who could be the biggest victim. Well, when I was in middle school, this happened to me. Oh my God, that is horrible. Oh my God, now look at this person. It's like, it's, it makes me sick. Well, people stomach. come to us yeah. and, and they'll ask us like, you know, uh, you know, how do we do this? Who helped you? And I always tell people, no one is going to help you other than you. Because that's the thing is, it's like you have to you have to be the voice in your own head. And there's a very thin line. And we say this a lot between delusion, neurosis, perfection. And one of the questions I have for you is you're saying to get from point A to point B to point Z. Do you ever get to point Z? Are you ever satisfied? Because I don't know about you. Like every single time I hear songs that I write and work on, I don't even want to release them unless I'm like I, I, almost everything I hate. I, I, it's funny because I was talking to our drummer, Paul Lorenzo, the other night, and we were saying that we have more music on my computer not released than we even have out there because we just are self-hatred. Like we, And the thing is, we're never satisfied. Even when other people are saying this is good or that's awesome, we're like, but we could do better. And I feel like you have that mindset. And my question is, are you ever, like, do you ever sit there and go, I'm satisfied with this? Or is it always the next mountain you got to climb? Um there's two parts to that i mean yes i'm never i'm never satisfied because when you set goals um before you you know when you reach a certain goal or even before you reach that goal you try and make it bigger right because you set a goal and and you chase it um 
I believe that you do need to take time when you do accomplish something, you take a moment to take it in and say, yes, I, I did this. That is an amazing thing. <clears throat> take some time to reflect on it, enjoy it. And then get so back, hold on, let right me inter- interrupt there. So there's a big line <clears throat> between self-affirmation and egocentrism. And I know most of the people don't know what egocentrism means. And I don't either. I just use it a lot, but like <laughs> self-affirmation, like, you know, again, appreciating what you've done because like there's sometimes like i'll play uh you know a guitar line 40 40 400 times and then i'll finally get it right and Corey's like that's acceptable and i'll be like all right i did all right because acceptable by Corey means it's it's better than i could have ever done normally um but like uh, people that go oh man i just did this and i'm awesome and that's that's very different than i think than what you're referring to so i want to be very careful in the set sense that like you should appreciate if you reach b to Z, but also realize that you need to stay humble and stay hungry. Right. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's not an, ex, it is an excitement thing. I mean, one, one of the quotes that I live by, uh, that I lived by as an athlete and that I apply to my life is you never get too excited over a win. You never get too, um, uh, defeated after a loss because that just keeps you right in that center of like even keel all the time and like almost uh, robotic and I don't want to say like emotionless but yeah it's pretty fucking emotionless like yeah if something moves me I'm gonna fucking be moved by it if something makes me happy I'm gonna laugh uh, if something makes me sad I'm gonna be sad so it's not like I don't have emotions I have emotions there's a big difference between being emotionless when it comes to operating and having emotions when it comes to people is that something you work at to keep that emotion in control or is that like just your natural kind of mental state? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a mental um, tactic that like you can teach yourself. You know what I mean? Like it took a long time for me to, uh, I mean, from the athletic side of things, it was, it was easy because it was just like, well, this is, this is what the best do. So I just gotta be this way. Mm -hmm. But in life, it's a roller coaster. And uh, at first you let certain things completely swing and sway you and shift you in and out of gear. And uh, the, the second that you learn and it comes through uh, discipline and it comes through, you know, a little bit of time and it comes through uh, going over these things in your head that you become emotionless uh, because you have to be right. Right. Eventually if you work hard enough and you get to a certain level, you have to take emotions out of everything, out of every single decision you make, um, emotions are taken out of it, right? Like emotion I, is the death to logic. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's like uh, I, I have to make some uh, tough decisions coming up at the end of this month, um, you know, and it, it's gonna it's gonna suck. But what's gonna make it suck more is if I think about it too much. If I start feeling bad, if I start, um, you know overthinking it rather than just it is what it is right i'm trying to get to a certain point how am i going to get there xyz this is no longer helping this needs to go and i'm sorry like that's sure that's that's it some people look at that as heartless but i you know i'm sorry i would rather be heartless and and rich than fucking have a bunch of feelings and poor I, I brought it, I kind of harped on that point because uh, I, I think of myself as relatively even keeled. Um, ben gives me shit for it all the time. But 
I think for You're me, a bass player, up, it's kind the, of part <laughs> of the deal, <laughs> right? The people I always respected were the people that really had their emotions under control. They were very stoic about uh, the mm-hmm. situation, like you said, regardless of whether it was this big event or just you know an everyday thing. And so I'm not sure if that's what led me to that path where it was just like, oh, that per- I like the way that person's handling life. You know, they don't seem to get worked up like that person over there. And then I don't know if I subconsciously started to kind of emulate that or if it's something that's more you know ingrained. But like you're saying, it's something you can definitely teach yourself by catching yourself if you do lose control of that emotion. Is that something that you you work with with the people that you uh, you know you're training through your website and your and the community that you've built? Yeah, I mean everybody holds holds everybody accountable. Uh, you know, I even tell them that they have the ability to also hold me accountable. Um, because when I talk to them, I say, this is the expectation that I have of you. And here's the expectation I have of myself. And if you have an expectation of me, I would like to know that. Um, and and that way we all hold each other accountable. I'm not above, uh, anybody. I am, I, I tell them all the time. I said, if you are with me for longer than two years, then something went wrong because, if I can transition you in three months, in six months, in a year, so that you can now focus on the next step of things and the next way of things, and now right. you can start helping other people. My main goal is to have my group build them all up into, you know, up to my image, and then allow them to then grow their own groups. And now they no longer need me, and they only need to come and check in with me and talk to me when it's like, hey, I'm running into this problem. Uh, what what should I do? And now I have that kind of wisdom to be able to be like, look, I've navigated this problem before. If you remember when you went through this, this is how we handled it. So what do you think you should do? And then go that route. So that that is what I'm trying to do. I mean, I'm, I'm really just trying to fucking um, build a bunch of uh, savages, a bunch of lions, lionesses <laughs> who are going to yeah. stop with this, with this bullshit that's going on. I'm so sick of what's fucking going on uh, now. And the pendulum's going to swing back. And when the pendulum right. swings back, all these other motherfuckers that want to jump on that train, they're going to be fucking done <laughs> and they're going to get eaten. And it's crazy. It. <laughs> what I'm getting from what you're saying are, are two things that I've lived by. <clears throat> I actually used to, I used to work in retail hell, but one thing that our, uh, my, uh, district manager used to do on his he used to give us these calls in the morning where he would give us these speeches and he was a total loser but one thing he would say was totally on point which is control what you can control and that's all you can control and the other thing was is you can only worry about what you can control and you can worry about other things but it's it's a it's a it's it's not worth it because you can't do anything about it and for me what i'm getting from you is that you are definitely someone that likes to be in control you communicate very well. You're very introspective. <clears throat> and I think something that I've noticed with a lot of high-level athletes, a lot of high-level musicians, is that you have to be mentally tougher even than you are physically. And you could tell the introspection that you've gone through because the way that you speak about things, it's so clear the perseverance that you have. Because anyone knows if you go to a gym and you're trying to do 100 push-ups, like it doesn't matter if there's a camera on you. Like, there's something that has to be in your brain that's telling you to go even past when you think you can't. And knowing that you possibly can is what you seem to have. 
Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's inspiring. Well, well that, that job, the, the job that you have, though, is it's, I think that's very hard. And I've noticed this in the little teaching that I've done is just teaching people how they can be accountable for their own progress, you know, and I think that mental game of understanding what you can control. A lot of people think that there are things that are out of their control that actually are in their control. And the hardest job is getting them to transition into that thought process. Yeah, well, I mean, think about how crazy everybody goes, uh, you know, focusing on the things that they can't control. Like, who, who the fuck wants to live that way? Like, yeah, it's mind blowing to me, you know, and I don't care which 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 side of the fence that you're on. But it's just mind blowing to me that this fucking year um, leading up to an election, people were so fucking crazy. And mm-hmm. in a way where it's like, do you really fucking do you really think that whatever the fuck goes on up there can affect you fucking personally? Like, are you fucking nuts? Like, so you think you're poor because of whoever might be running this, like whether it's one side or the other, you think that that's why you're unsuccessful because of somebody else mentality. It is. That's got to be a horrible way to live. I mean, to feel like you're out of control all the time that somebody else has the, but then the the shaming and all that shit of everybody, you know, because both sides do it. So like, I don't give a fuck which side you say you're on. Like both yeah. sides do well, it. Well, both sides degree. are wrong in so many different ways. Like there's, <laughs> you know? a diff- there's, there's, there's a left side, there's a right side, and then there's a right side. And in in, 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 in by right, I mean like <laughs> neither of those sides are somewhere in between. It's called logic. And remember yeah. how you said emotions, the death to logic? Well, there's so many people pandering to fear and anger and they're living this meme culture where everything that you learn is because of some fact that someone made up or took out of, uh, out of context. Out of context. And put it there. Out of context. And you're like, oh yeah, this is what's happening in China. It's a picture of Vietnam. And you're like, people don't know. And really what it comes down to is that you need to be mentally strong. You need to think for yourself. And all that this year has done is become divisive because of what's going on. You're seeing the, stu- just like, a, you know, if you go to, to an esthetician and get a facial, all the toxins come to the surface. All the racism and hatred and all that. We've just allowed in this culture this last year for people to just be like, you know what? I've hated these people for years and now it's cool. I can say it because it's 2020. So, so yeah, well, yeah. okay. All right. No. We'll, we'll, we'll change gears. Oh, you're going to edit me say, out Polly, now? Polly, Polly, how do we fix America? <laughs> <laughs> Here's Polly. Look, man, uh, I think, I think it, it, it is true. There is a large group of people who kind of are right in this like middle space and, and, and then think logically, right? Um, and I think that that large group of people is being forced to kind of like, you know, come to that idea that like what the way forward is, it's like, leave the fucking radicals over here, leave the fucking radicals over there. Good luck. You crazy motherfuckers. Um, uh, <laughs> we're all going to come together here. Uh, and the time is right now to do it because you know, the, I mean, uh, the, the election is essentially done. Um, and is now's it? the time. Now's the time. To You're start. literally whether, cursing us. You're cursing our whole country. Let him. Let him finish <laughs> whether, talking. Whether, whether, oh my god. Whether, whatever the outcome of this election is, whether you know Biden is uh, the winner or whether Trump, uh, you know, becomes the winner uh, due to some loopholes in the Constitution and whatnot. Um, now that large group needs to wake the fuck up and set in motion the things that need to happen to unite the country because it is not going to come from the power struggle between the Republicans and the Democrats. There needs to be um, a third party that is strong enough, not the fucking libertarians who want to, who keep shouting like they want to be heard. Right. But it needs to be something the lion similar party. to that. <laughs> the bull moose party it can be, it can be something where everybody 
comes together and agrees. And I think it needs to start at the ground level, the same way that when this country was formed, it we started all at the agree, ground level. You got to fight for your right to party. Why did you interrupt his thought process <laughs> for that? <laughs> so, oh God! Oh, geez. that's my job is to derail you. That's, Sorry. That's anyway, what I. Anyway. That's what I feel like needs to happen. When we were when we were at a point in this country's earliest development, when uh, the government got too out of control, who was governing us? Which happened to be England. Um, everybody met by candlelight. They plotted. They planned. They they they. They stayed secret. That's where like Freemasonry and all that stuff came to be. And that was the people who became um, the pioneers to developing this country into what it originated as. And then like anything else, once it's known about and once more people know about it, that is how it becomes infiltrated. So anything that allowed this country to be safe was infiltrated hundreds of years ago, um, you know, and and because people want power. That is what people want. So there needs to be a reset button. There needs to be a resurgence. There needs to be more people meeting by candlelight. Leave your phones at home so that nothing's getting fucking picked up. Talk and find the similarities similarities with people. Stop trying to find the differences within everybody. Stop fucking bringing up shit from 100 years ago, 200, 400 years ago, and scream about why that's so fucking unfair. Now, let's talk about solutions to make sure it never happens again. Because shouting both ways and creating the separation is only going to lead to one thing. It's only going to lead to a power struggle that is going to cause one side to try and wipe out the other side completely. And if people don't wake up and realize that we need to stop that and we need to tell the fucking radical people to shut the fuck up on both sides um, and let logic take over, we are going to fall into um, a point of no return. And that is not what this country was built on. That is not what this country is this country is a place for fucking the weak and the downtrodden to come to it is a place where you can come here from another country and you can become a millionaire you can live the american dream there's nothing stopping you from becoming successful and the fact that we're operating on fear and most people don't realize that the two things that will make a human react is the sense of fear or the sense to protect those are the major two factors psychologically that will cause a human to do something if you tell me um, that you're going to kill my family if I don't do something. If I can't defend myself or my family, I'm going to be afraid and I'm going to comply to what you're asking me to do. But if I can defend my family, then I'm going to tell you, go fuck yourself and I'm going to prepare myself to protect my family. So those two key drivers is what is driving massive amounts of this country right now. Fear is controlling a certain group and the sense of protect is controlling the other group. And I'm not saying it's one side or the other. I'm saying on both sides, fear is driving certain individuals and the sense to protect is driving certain individuals and that is being manipulated by people way higher up than us and i even see it at levels where i'm at so the fact that i can see it where i'm at in the levels and experiences that i've had for people to be so idiotic to think that at the higher levels it can't be done they're really selling themselves short I wrote Paul, you're so inspiring that Ben damn. is taking notes. I'm just looking at him pulling out his pencil and fucking paper, and he's sitting here writing down everything you're saying. Well, I, I did actually write down some stuff, and it, it made me think to myself that, like, what am I taking from this? Because the thing that I really like about Paulie is, like, you know, you see his beautiful face on, on the first season of, you know, X on the Beach. You're like, I don't know about this guy. Like, is he just like a Chad? You know what I mean? Now he's talking about Freemasonry. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And then what I got as a subtext of what he just said is that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And like he 
Dude, you literally just gave me like every sentence was a bullet point. It was a different thought and it was a complete <clears throat> thought. And I really, I'm enjoying your thought process and I can understand why you're at the, first off, your peak physical shape, why you're able to deal with being on MTV and dealing with the psychological, because here's the thing, and you know, you could probably speak to this, like, I got asked to be on a stupid show uh, one time and they gave me all the tests you know, you're supposed to take. And they're basically like, hey, if we edit you so you basically hate yourself and then kill yourself, we're not held liable. We can make you look however we want. Like they own you. And it's like such a psychological onslaught. And meanwhile, you're thriving on this. Like, can you speak to that as far as like being on TV? You're on a show like Big Brother where you don't even have any personal space or time to yourself for, it's like literally a torture for some people. You know what I mean? And you're, and you're like thriving on it, owning it. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's just the same thing. And, and, and uh, to put a bow on what I just said, it's like, and what you kind of bullet pointed out for me, it's like, if I have a problem with something, I'm not going to just cry about it. I'm going to actually have thoughts on a solution of something so that if somebody asks a question, how do we solve this? Well, if you're like, I don't fucking know. It's like, well, then why the fuck are you mad? And that's <laughs> yeah. all I hear. Victim nowadays. mentality people, that you've been people saying. People are just it's... mad about things. They're victims. They're fucking, and there's no solutions being spoken about. It's yeah. just, this is happening. Okay, cool. Or you blame anyway, the other person. You just well, it's a lot of people person. stuck in their, in their comfort zones. I mean, that's why you're such a great communicator because I feel like people that really push yeah. themselves outside of their comfort zone, they're able to relate so much easier to other people and understand and be able to communicate better. Yeah, I mean, you have to listen to people. I mean, that's even, even that at, at the basic level of sales, that's sales 101. Like if, mm -hmm. a, a good salesperson versus a shitty salesperson is, I listen to all the things that you say you're struggling with and then I just go down my sales pitch. That's a shitty salesperson. A good salesperson is able to actively listen and then repeat back to you basically exactly what you just said, only in their own words. Did you work at Best um, Buy? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? No, because here's the thing: is I actually used ben, to write. Ben, let him no, I'm saying I used to write technical writing for companies, and they, that's a lot of companies. Is that's the culture, and you're literally like writing out the book. I don't know if it's Best Buy. What retail store did you work for? I, I did. I worked for Indeed.com, and they just had a very great sales program. Um, yeah, and awesome. I read a lot of books, so you know, there's mm -hmm. that. But like, you know, the mentality to answer your question, Benny, about the reality shows is just like, look, man, like people are going to judge you no matter what. Uh, and I look at it as like when I was an athlete, uh, when you go to opposing teams' home field to play them you're just going to get fucking ripped apart and torn to shreds all game long by every fucking fan there. And every section, you can't escape it, has one person gathering the whole group in that section to fucking come at you or come at one of your teammates and do all this shit, right? So how do you stay even killed in that game to keep your teammates even killed in that game to pull out a victory on the road with every possible distraction going on? That's how I look at this, where it's like... I go there. I don't give a fuck who's there, what's there, what happens. I do what I do. I say what I say. The edit is the edit. I can live with um, whatever edit there is uh, because at the end of the day, who's judging me? Uh, a bunch of people who don't know me. And Millions if you're not paying my bills, people. If, you're, if you're not making me money, why am I going to focus on you when I can focus on the people that I'm helping and the people that make me money? So – people it goes back to the control the controllables that you say like i'm never going to control the people who 
uh, don't like me and I don't care to. Because if I'm focusing on trying to get everybody to like me, well, then I really can't be myself and I can't do the things that are going to make me successful because everybody's going to have a fucking opinion. And then I'm going to try and cater to every fucking opinion. Whereas Spoken like a true DJ. Work, well, if I, but if I set the groundwork and I'm like, this is who I am, you follow me because you like this, you know, and if you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> that's yeah, simple that's, there's an unfollow that's the new shirt for 2020 you know, don't like it. it fuck off no but that's yeah. a super important point because in no matter what it is whether it's music athletics anything if you spend your life catering to what you think people want to see it's just going to be like a flavor of the week it's not sustainable you know you're just constantly right. having to rotate to what somebody else yeah. wants and it just well, doesn't like work a fucking rock band isn't gonna try and make pop music exactly like yeah. pop roach oh, well. isn't gonna try and make a fucking <laughs> well, ariana don't, don't test they might try, she but. might actually do that <laughs> no, but, but no, but he's right though. I mean, that's the thing is you, you've got to, you're going to be most authentic sticking to what you believe in most strongly. I mean, if you try yeah. to do something that someone else wants more than you, it's not, it's not going to work. Well, actually, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because as, as an artist, maybe you can bridge the gap, but what I meant is, well, you, you know, can, yeah, you can always focus, transition. I have a question but, for you, Siobhan. What I'm trying to say is Papa Roach isn't going to sit there and be like, how do we break into Ariana Grande's demographic of teeny boppers? Right. No, uh, you know what no, I mean? I have a very important it's, question because I, you, you follow okay. my logic here. So Chicago, great band, really great band. Um, it was a horn section bass band. They were very right. like funky and out there and progressive. And then there was David Foster. And Chicago had been known for all this progressive stuff, like crazy horns and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden he comes in and writes him a song like You're My Inspiration. Which, by the way, is a song that I used to get up to in the morning at like 3 o'clock in the morning when I had to like open a retail store and psych myself up without cocaine. And I'd listen to You're My Inspiration and it'd get me like on all the speakers as loud as possible just to piss off everybody. But I found out that the guys in Chicago hated this because if you listen to that song, the two horn guys are playing keyboards in the video. Yeah. And they basically mm -hmm. said that that ruined our lives until we got the record, the money from the record and realized we had gone like number one. And to this day, they're like, we don't know. And it actually caused the band, the lead singer, to go do a solo project and make even more singles. And now the band's still divided with that guy. But they still speak about it like David Foster came in and ruined us and also made us millions of dollars. Right. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it just depends on what, what you value most. I mean, if you can be happy making millions of dollars and that means doing something you don't like as much, then that's you. you well, know? Paul I mean, is a capitalist. And I've, I've learned that from this from this call. Like, I, And I really appreciate that because you want to know what? Like, And Jason Leckberg, who was on one of our other episodes, and Paulie, I'm sure you can agree with this. He says every millionaire he knows has seven forms of income. And that's something that I like about At you. At least seven forms of yep. income. Because I literally see you and Kara all the time like doing... All different things, different products. Cars reading on her Instagram, as we could hear in the other room. Like you're, you know, again doing your motivational uh, speaking and training, and like obviously in this mindset, you guys have television shows. I think what Cara's doing a movie now or something. Like you guys make me tired, and I, and I appreciate that because you want to know what I'm so used to watching people be lazy that to see people that are actually persevering, especially when you people have this stigma. Uh, me. I hate MTV because it's the M and MTV is supposed to be music. And instead I get you except that I love your show. I love your show, but that's the thing. It's like, so, so to hear you speak so diametric to what it takes to be a great musician is just very disconcerting comparatively of how I would have thought you would be, which shows how shallow I am and how shallow our culture is. Cause Holy shit, man. Like I did not give you credit watching you on X on the beach. 
other than you were like <laughs> the guy that like you're smooth if i had your arms and your face i get those girls too i would <laughs> it's true yeah, man they don't show that it's the conversation <laughs> so you mentioned you know you're you're doing a ton of stuff and then you said 2020 has been or 2020 sorry has been like you're crushing it this year you're doing better than you ever have before for someone who's doing so much and 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 working at such a high level how do you define your time and manage your time to make sure that you're able to keep up with everything you have going on you got to do time blocks so yeah every single day of mine is is a is a time block um where I know every single day I'm only going to give X amount of time to each thing. And if I don't get accomplished what I need to do for that thing, it has to go uh, to the next day. Every single mm. day um, I make a power list the night before. Um, that sounds I study awesome. the power list. I engrave it Hold in on, my can head. we just stop <laughs> one second? People, this is very important because one thing I admired about Siobhan when I first went to her apartment was she wrote down how she wanted every day to be like, spend time meditating, spend time practicing. And people don't realize, and I'm doing it right now, write it down. If yeah, you write it down. I love that you asked this question because this I want to hear. 50% yeah. more likely to do it. And the fact that you are telling me that you're writing it down, like it's it shows like it's such an inherent thing in people that are successful that, that have that perseverance. They write it down and they envision ahead of time yeah. what it's going to be. But then you have to apply action because I mean, like I you look, I, I just got done ripping somebody a couple nights ago because, you know, they tried to give me the whole bullshit of uh, energy and manifestation and all that stuff. And while I believe in energy and I believe in manifestation, I am so sick and tired of these Gen Z fucking idiots um, and these hippie <laughs> motherfuckers who are, who are like, uh, I believe in the third eye and Mer Mercury's in retrograde and I need to accept or this. Or you're just crazy. I it's think like, you're singing star set lyrics. Well, it's just like, <laughs> probably. it's like, I, I specifically asked this person, I said, okay, so you believe in energy and manifestation what have you manifested recently and instead of giving me a fucking answer this person went into a sob story about their fucking life and i stopped them uh -huh. and everybody in the room thought i was an asshole and i was like i'm so sorry i said but i asked you specifically what did you manifest i don't give a fuck about your sob story in life everybody's got a fucking sob story in life and this is what these people don't realize and all these energy people the reason why i laugh at them is because i know a lot of them and most of them live out of their fucking cars Right. So this manifestation of like that wealth is just going to drop on your fucking lap and success is just going to drop on your lap. It's bullshit. Manifestation exists. 100% visualization exists. 100% energy um, can be created. You can be in control of your own energy. You can control the energy of a room. You can put things into the universe and make them formulate. But all of that without any calculated applied action to it is just that's it. Like you could build the fastest fucking race car in the world. Somebody has to be able to drive that motherfucker and push the pedal to the ground. Otherwise mm -hmm. that thing is just the fastest race car in the world. That will never be known as the fastest race car in the world. So the Hold power, on. This, is for, uh, this is your best saying you said so far energy without calculation. That's it. 
And, and I swear to God, that should be without something you should... Without calculated action. You know, without yeah. calculated <laughs> action. Sorry. I'm a stoner. What do you want from me? I'm a hippie you're making fun of. But the point is, I'm, I wrote I'm that down because I, I, I actually... I love that. Like, that's an epiphany moment. Like, a wow... We used to call this in, in retail when you have a wow experience. Um, <laughs> because the thing is, that's a very, very acute, linear, decisive thing to say as far as energy without, like, calculated thought. It's it's pointless. You're right. That's it. Like you're just you're just blowing off steam, literally. Just as one part of the to. equation. Yeah, it's only one. Yeah. Yeah. So so not, just to go back real quick. So you you mentioned you're powerless, and we got off the rails a little bit. But can you give an example of like wow. what would be on a power list? Like what like, what do you put on this list? So every a week before every quarter, and two months before every year, I map out what the entire year looks like and I map out what the entire quarter looks like. And then a week before each quarter, because then it's like this, that's when I go into specific detail of what that quarter is going to look like. But then before every week starts, I go into detail of what that week is going to do. So on a Sunday, I say, what is this Monday through Friday going to look like? Mm -hmm. And then day to day, I make specific tasks for each day. And every single day, it's like a game of, can I cross out everything on this list? Specifically, mm-hmm. right? I know what times I'm going to be Actionables. away for my, for my workouts. I know what times I need to set aside for like eating and, and, and all the stuff that can sustain me working out. But then the, the actions and everything, like the only reason why I was able to do this, um, to do this tonight is because I'm like, look, once seven o'clock comes, I'm my time. I'm like, when seven o'clock, my time comes, I'm done. And, uh, unfortunately, like the reason why I was 10 minutes late to this is because I got completely lost in trying to finish that powerless because I like, I've OCD. I have to finish shit. I, that's like, I'm like that fucking guy from the accountant only without like, you know, his severity of his ticks, um, and everything where it's like, I have to finish, I have to finish things. I have to do it. So like, I map out my board. I have my list on my phone. I wake up every morning. I look at my list, uh, you know, after I've visualized it in my head the night before of how it's going to get executed. And then I wake up in the morning and I just cross things off the list as fast as possible. And if something comes uh, like a distraction or a phone call and it's not on the list, it gets put off until I have a window to, to go back to it. So I don't care if I'm in the middle of typing something up and somebody fucking calls me. Um, you're not getting, I'm not answering the phone. Yeah, uh, I totally finish. understand that way of working. And yeah. if, I, if I have a certain uh, window, then I'll call you back. Do you realize all you you're, you're like the first hand data that like, you know, you go and try to do like a report and you're like, look at 16 different things that like every single thing I've written down could be like the main, uh, it could be the starting uh, sentence for anything. Because one thing, I, I, appropriation of time, making sure you sustain yourself. One thing, you have an obsessive need to do it. I love it because, you know, Nike says, just do it, you know, and a lot of people don't get it and, and they say, just do it, but they don't get it. But you have an obsessive need to just do it. And that's, that's because you appropriate, you appropriate time for distraction. So if someone calls you, you say, you know what, I'll handle that later. So you appropriate time for that later, but you don't let it distract you because your main objective is to cross off the fucking list. Mm-hmm. I love it. I too. totally. 
I love that. And that's, I have like, Benny probably remembers, I have a million of these like notebooks and I Everywhere. literally live on I read them things. all. I love your diary. It's, it's the like best. every Brock year streaming. I've got my, my yearbook and I've got my day book and I've got my, my like accomplished list of like what I have to do in like a certain amount of time. So I, I, I totally <clears throat> love that you live that way. That's very inspiring. Do you bring your teacher's apples? <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask real quick uh, on your list when you make these goals are they mostly like professionally oriented goals or is it personal stuff too like i mean they're they're everything uh related i mean health related uh i mean that's just a lifestyle so it's like whatever i'm mm-hmm. training for that is what i commit myself to and that becomes second nature so that mm-hmm. the the more you can remove things from the list because it's second nature the better you mm-hmm. are so it's like as a soccer player i learned how to control the ball with every single part of my body uh to the point where i never had to think about it at all if a pass was coming to me i didn't i didn't have a thought process of oh shit it's coming at this speed at this angle it's going to be the outside of the foot it was just in motion boom gone you know wrestling you know understanding body movement so much where it's like i wouldn't be sitting there and be like man why would this guy be tapping my head like this oh he's about to shoot it was just second nature i was able to feel his mm-hmm. energy before any of that happened so these the goals i tell anybody in that i coach i say set four lofty goals every single year and then work to accomplish those four lofty goals every single year as if this was the last year uh, you were going to be alive um Mm -hmm. and when you put it in that mindset um you never you never get tired but i will say that there are moments where you do need to stop because it is like a it is like a car you cannot get in a car and hit the gas and go 100 miles an hour forever. Eventually you will need gas. Eventually the car will break down if you don't take the foot off the pedal, right? So I Mm -hmm. factor in certain moments and certain months where you just, like if things aren't going right, you just have to let them go wrong and roll with it and take that time to not drive yourself insane. And you just need to understand that this is a cyclical thing and once you pump out of it, you're going to be 10 times more efficient. But if you burn yourself out in a time where you're never going to operate at higher than a C plus level, then when you have the ability to operate past an A plus level, you're only going to operate at an A minus level or a B plus level. So by setting those four lofty goals, you grind it and then you set in that year moments where once you feel a certain way, you're going to go down. But on the month to month, that's how you set attainable goals. If your goal is a million dollars a year, then you know how much you need to make in the year. So if your first month only has like 20,000, well, next month you need to be like, I got to get 30,000 this month. Then the month after that, you need to be like, maybe let me try and get 50,000 this month. And then if the month after that, you only make 15,000, you shouldn't be sitting there being like, let me make uh, you know, 75,000 offset that you should be like, shit, I made 15,000 this month. All right, let me make 25,000 that month. And then you reset yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. slow, achievable things. So that way you go and then at the end of the year, you're like, holy shit, I was so close to these big ass lofty goals. I'll definitely hit them next year. So now it's time for me to set bigger, loftier goals for next year. 
One, yeah. one, so I just wrote down some stuff. I'm sorry, uh, because I really, I'm so excited by some of the things you're saying, because one thing that I learned, um, there was this, this speaker, this guy, Marcus Buckingham, and he used to always say to leverage your strengths because your weaknesses, the best you hope to, uh, you can, uh, the best you can get to is neutral. So that you shouldn't waste your time. Like if you suck at being a mechanic, don't don't try to fix your own car. If you're awesome at a guitar, go do that. But one thing that you said that I really totally, totally think is so important. You said commit yourself until it's second nature and remove, and I added this myself, that capacity from the list. And one thing I talk about is automating your brain. So when you first learn something, like when you're first learning to drive, you have to think about the, you know, the gas, and you have to think about uh, the brake and you're using you know, your cerebrum. And then when it becomes second nature, it, you actually, it moves in your brain. It actually moves to a different part of your brain, the basal ganglia. So like when Siobhan plays violin, she's not thinking about like, oh, am I gonna hold it this way? It's just so second nature. But I was thinking to myself, the parallels about what it takes to succeed in what we do, to, say, to removing those things from the list because it's not like she has to think every day, how do I keep my hand in first position? That doesn't need to be on her list because she's removed that from the list years ago by putting 10,000 hours in. And it's very, very interesting because you also say, um, no complacency. So, like, you know, I, people are watching Cobra Kai. They're saying no mercy. No, no mercy. Excuse me. I say no complacency. And I really, really love that because there are so many people that are complacent and you need to reset yourself. And, you know, I really think that it's so important for people to realize that what you said as far as learning and creating capacities within yourself so they're not even on your list so that you can focus on further goals is how you get to where you are because a lot of people go how do you get there how do you get to two billion streams with a band like star set and this is how you do it you write down lists and you say this is point a this is point b this is point c and you linearly do it and you set achievable goals slow goals but goals that are consistent that you every day you leverage your strengths that's what i got <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying this is this is brilliant, dude. Like literally, if I only knew this before, like I started dating my my, my fiance, like we'd probably get along so much better. <laughs> A lot. I, I totally agree, though. I think so much of it is organization. Because I like when I was younger, I would have like you know I would form these huge goals in my head, and then I'd get stressed out about the fact that I couldn't break it down into something that I could do on a daily basis. And now that I've gotten a lot more organized, yeah, you find that it's a lot more achievable if you're just consistent and you stick to your plan and you have like long-term goals, short-term goals. You have a way of breaking it down into some organizational structure. Is this biology? <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, but that's amazing. It's amazing how you say it. The uh, the knowledge bombs are dropping left and right. Um, yeah. So that's I look at that as like that's theory. That's like the 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 ideas behind what you're doing what what practical things or what real world things are you doing right now that kind of that you're using this mentality you have the goals that i set for myself this year were olympic team elite athlete with first form um million dollars three houses so it's good on the olympic (laughs) side of things right completely transformed my body. That's an everyday, um, commitment, right? I have to wake up. I have to train then throughout the day. Is this known on just quick, 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 quick. Is this known by people at this point? Do people know what's going on? Cause we haven't talked about it. No, it's, it's, it's known. Okay. Yeah, it's known. So, so ladies know. and gentlemen, yeah. 
Polly, the philosopher, <laughs> apparently is also in the fucking Olympics on behalf of the United Goddamn States of America. Can you talk about it? Because this is crazy. Just, uh, I mean, there's, it, it's a, it's a long way to go. I mean, you still every every single season you have to prove yourself. So, but the thing is, it's like when given that opportunity, um, I was 150 pounds. Um, you know, I was fast, but the requirements were for me to be 200 pounds and to be able to lift weights that were like double my body weight, um, basically, uh, you know, and squats and power cleans and still be able to be fast. Um, so just like the level of commitment that it takes to every day be like, I need to commit two hours of training in the morning. Um, and then two hours throughout the day to mobility, flexibility, uh, you know, to make sure that I'm good and the diet in itself that it takes to add that kind of weight, add that kind of strength, um, and, uh, and, and all the technique that goes into reteaching yourself how to sprint at a different weight, um, getting fast twitch muscles to go like that is something within itself. And it's still, you know, there's still obstacles and complications. I mean, with everything going on with coronavirus, it sucks for like a new person like me, um, you know, because certain laws that happened in uh, New York has, uh, has disallowed me to be able to be around, um, you know, the, the veteran people for safety reasons and for uh, reasons of that. So this season is kind of a wash for, all of the fucking USA, uh, so to speak. These other countries, they got their shit together, but ours were restricted um, due to a lot of things that are going on that are out of our control. So from an athlete standpoint and from, you know, the coaches and, and everything, like everybody's just kind of frustrated because our hands are tied on a lot of things. Um, so with that being said, it's like we talk about pivoting all the time. So what, what could I be doing now? Well, I still can and teaching myself and working with certain coaches and working with certain people uh, remotely to be doing this. Cause once January comes, I'm going to be expected to be able to hang with the vet guys on the ice. You talk can, about, can you, can you just give some, some context to exactly what you're, you're training for? Yeah. Uh, training for the, uh, for the bobsled for the winter Olympics in 2022. So, this is, it's one of those things where it's like, you're faced with something. You could either have an excuse and I could either sit there and be like, fuck man, like, am I going to be behind? Like, you know, these guys are getting, you know, reps, uh, you know, I'm kind of getting locked out right now because you know, it's like, I, I worked hard. I did the combine. I reported to Lake Placid. I was there. I got to, I got to be on the track. I got to do all these things. I got to do this. And then certain you know, laws and rules get passed and that's it. Like, it's like, Hey, uh, sorry, it's out of our fucking control. Uh, you know, wait until January, you know? And as an athlete, I got to sit there and be like, all right, I've been here before. Well, where have I been there before? Well, I've been a freshman before I've been a rookie before I've under I understand what it takes to break into the lineup. And that is something that like, if you're working on it and you're, and you're once again, if you're not prepared for the opportunity, if I was sulking this whole time, by the time January came, I would not be as strong. I would not be as fast. Uh, I would have no concept of technique, but instead I've been 
putting six hours every single day into it. Um, on top of running all the online businesses and all that stuff, right? Second goal, first form elite athlete, right? So I'm already a first form athlete, but I want to be an elite athlete with them. I want the big time contracts. Uh, in order to do that, you can, it, it doesn't go based off of your following. It goes based off of how knowledgeable are you in the fitness world? How many lives are you changing? Um, do you fit the message and brand uh, of 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 first form right um and that in itself takes two to three hours every single day to make sure that i'm talking about uh them i'm helping people uh you know and 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 that has now taken notice you know what i mean so like the end of this month and next month they're gonna announce their final two people and uh you know i'm i'm in a good spot to make that because uh, that was the second of my lofty goals. And the thing is, if for any reason I'm not chosen, that doesn't mean that I'm over. I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing this whole year because clearly uh, I've been noticed for that role. So if I, if I don't get it this year, well then, what tweaks am I going to make next year in order to make it, right? So how am I going to prepare for this? And, and people always wait until something happens to prepare for it rather than just s- staying consistent. No, but that but that was a super important point yeah. of just staying consistent even when there isn't necessarily a motivating factor for it. Yeah. It's it's consistent, right? Like if I stopped what I was doing um this whole year to get me in a position to possibly be an elite athlete and just sat back and was like, Well, I'm gonna be picked. Well then they would probably look at that and be like, Look at this motherfucker, like yeah. thinking that he got it. Like, fuck him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're gonna give it to these people instead. Show us for another year that you deserve it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's life. But if I just remain consistent the whole time, whether I get it or whether I don't, I'm eventually going to get it. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing, you know, with training for the Olympics. It's like, there's nothing I can do about the coronavirus right now. Nothing. Nothing I can fucking do about the restrictions. But what I can do is I could be in control of myself. I could keep getting stronger, keep getting faster, learning techniques from from pilots, from brakemen, from coaches. Uh, I can study tape online. I can watch cool runnings and I can fucking, <laughs> That's how and, I I study. Can, and I can, and I can be ready so that when January comes, the coaches aren't like, oh, did you hear that man, word? Hold on. It's what we always say. And you said it, be ready. That's the most important thing that you just said. And one of the things, and look, yes. listen, I usually try to interject with people because like, <laughs> I, want, I want to derail a conversation, which I do anyway, but I want to make things funny or I think I am funny. And like, all I've extrapolated from this is that you literally are, first off, have a very philosophical mindset. You are a doer um, that really what it takes is, is a crazy amount of drive, but, but with that drive, it's a commitment. And for you, you're going to be ready. So you're like, you know what? Like, if, if I'm not ready now, I'll make sure I'm ready then. And, and, and not giving up and not having that complacency and not even and, and being braced that if you aren't that, if you don't get it, that you already know that that's just part of what it takes to get to the next level. And that like, you're right, it's life. And instead of saying that victim mentality, oh, fuck, I worked so hard. They thought about me. They, they picked me out. They had me do this. COVID happened. Uh, wah, I didn't get on the team. You're like, fuck it, dude. I'll make sure I'm Jedi for next year. And I think that that is such 
a wonderful thing to take from this as far as the reason that you're so successful and why all the women love you. And it explains why Car Maria is with you because, man, that, that woman is a very tough cookie. So I was like, man, this, this guy better have his ducks in a row. And I would say, sir, Polly, you have your ducks <laughs> all in a row. I appreciate that, man. You know, life's a, life's a marathon. You know what I mean? So you got to see the vision. Like if I, if I cried over all this stuff, like game time is August of 2021. That's when it really matters. The coaches for any sport do not give a fuck. You could be the starting quarterback coming into a preseason. If the fucking second string guy is outworking you and outperforming you and fucking hitting all those things. Yeah. There's a little sway with how much you're getting paid, which might let you get the first couple games. But if you're sucking, you're out. So it doesn't matter. Like if I, if I, if it, you could be on a team, you could be off a team. The only thing that matters is come August, who are the best pushers? Those are the people who are, who are making the Olympic team. That's it. It doesn't matter what happens this season right now. It doesn't matter what happens in the season, January through March. It, it matters when everybody shows up in August, everybody puts their numbers there in front of everybody. And then everybody pushes individually right there. And then the best fucking put pushers get picked and then the best fucking teams make it. That is life in a nutshell, right? I, I just want to say that like, so first off, apply action. The pushers <laughs> individually push and then the pushers that push the most get picked and the best of those that get picked that keep pushing we just picking random words out of no. what's happened in the last time. No, Ben's gonna be he's gonna be sitting under his covers at night with no, a flashlight I'm reading this take list. This like crazy uh, Kaiser Sose like thing on the wall and study it because I, I I gotta tell you I did not come into I was not prepared for this level of uh, <laughs> of deep thinking and I gotta tell you um, I absolutely admire you and 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 I'm so happy I'm your Scorpio bro. <laughs> well, I, I, I really appreciate how highly specific you are with your goals and even with, like getting to your third and fourth goals that are financial goals that a lot of people maybe don't want to talk about, you know, because it's maybe taboo, whatever. I think that's really important that you're specific about that, too. Absolutely. Because a lot of people will say, well, oh, this year I want to I want to be rich you know? or I want to have all this. And it's it's not what does that mean? laid yeah. out. What does that mean? Well, I came pretty I came pretty fucking close, so I can't be too upset about it. So it's one of those things where I'm like, damn, all right, well if I'm looking at the projections for this month and the next month, I'm like, yeah, well, I won't hit it, but I'll be like, all right, I'll fucking definitely hit it next year. You know what I mean? And that's an exciting thing because then the mm -hmm. shit that I got planned for next year with that kind of, you know, shit going on only like adds value to it. And then it's like, damn, well, if I could, you know, if I could blow through that, you know, next year because of how I set myself up to finish this year, well, damn, what's going to happen after that? What's my next goal going to be? Is it I can tell you what your next goal should be, you know? To win yeah. on Mount Midoriyama in American Ninja Warrior. Because I feel like you could go all the fucking way for the United States. <laughs> Fuck all the, the, the cool running shit. Just go to Mount Midoriyama and show up the world. Because they'll be like, this is Pauly Calafiore. He's on MTV. And all the fuckers like me are like, oh, he's the reason there's no music on that show. And, uh, <laughs> and then meanwhile, you make America proud. And, you're, and they're like, oh yeah, he practices six hours a day. Seven days a week. That's 35 hours if you guys can't count because you're a guitar player or a bass player. And that's what it takes. The 10,000 hours. And you kept using a word that I really, really, really like. Elite. You say, it's not that you want to get to this level. Like, I don't want to be the varsity team. I want to be an elite athlete. You're not fine 
below that, you want to be the next level. And I got to tell you, man, I want to go practice some guitar because there's nothing I'm going to do. My, I've been doing like push-ups every day and my girlfriend's like, you have such good abs and shit. Like, I, can't, I wanted to give up. I wanted to give up when I saw your Instagram because I'm like, never is that going to happen. But now I realize I'm playing the victim. Dude, don't be the victim, man. Be elite. But anyway, it's getting close to my bedtime. Yes, uh, yes. Order, Thank you for sticking order, around with us. To be efficient. Yeah. You got to get to bed early and you got to wake up early. Well, yes, we don't want to be a dis distraction from your goal. So thank you so much for getting 2020 with us. Paulie thank you so much. Have an amazing episode. com. Preach, you guys. <laughs> thank you. Thanks thank you so me. much for spending yeah. time Take with it us. Take easy, man. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. <laughs>